In this video, we're going over the category substances that extinguish wind and stop tremors. As always, if you wanna follow along, you can download the handouts or the flashcards. There are links to those below. And this video is brought to you by the TCM Study Single Herb Review Course. So if you're studying for finals, year ends, or boards, and you wanna review all of the herbs in a quick, efficient manner, check out the Single Herb Review Course, now available on Teachable. This is a course that you buy once and then you own it forever. So it's not a subscription, you just pay for it once and then you can use it for as long as you want and as many times as you want. So you can use it to study for your finals, you can use it again to study for your clinic uh, entrance exams, and then you can use it again for boards. So go ahead and check that out. There's a link to that below. All right, so here we're dealing with substances that extinguish wind and stop tremor. So if you remember at the very beginning, uh, we went over the category release the exterior. There, were, there we were talking about wind on the exterior and pushing it outward. Here we're talking about wind on the interior or interior wind. So to deal with that, we call that extinguishing wind. And here we say extinguish wind and stop tremor because that's one of our main symptoms of internal wind is shaking and tremor. That's how we know that wind is blowing on the interior. But just something to point out here that Bensky calls this category substances that extinguish wind and stop tremor. And again, we say substances because a lot of these are non-plant parts. They're um, animal parts or minerals that these heavy sedating things. So we don't we don't say herbs that extinguish wind. We say substances that extinguish wind. But what's interesting is other books will call this differently. So Weissman and Brand call this category liver calming wind extinguishing medicinals. And so I just bring this up for a few, for a few points. One, uh, this kind of emphasizes that when we talk about wind, remember wind is the evil associated with the liver. So when we talk about extinguishing wind, most of these substances are going to affect the liver. So we're gonna calm the liver or subdue liver yang rising. And um, also interesting here in Wiseman Brand, they actually divide this up into two categories, liver calming, yang subduing medicinals and wind extinguishing, tetany relieving medicinals. Again, I just bring this up for a couple of reasons that one, they have this category of herbs that uh, calm the liver and subdue ascendant yang or anchor liver yang rising. And so actually in that category, they include some of the other er heavy herbs we learned or heavy substances that we learned like longu, muli, and things like that, these heavy anchoring medicinals. They actually don't put that in the anchor, settle, and calm category. They put it in the liver calming yang subduing medicinals. But I like to point this out just because it's kind of emphasizing that these two actions go together, that they're kind of related, that usually typically by extinguishing wind or our way of extinguishing wind, there's also effect of calming the liver and subduing liver yang rising. Nobody wants to see your butt, kitty. Um, and also I point this out because uh, Bensky emphasizes this action of stopping tremor, so tremor and shaking as a manifestation of wind, but Wiseman and Brand say wind extinguishing, tetany relieving medicinals. And so here the main symptom he's talking about is tetany as an extreme spasm of the muscles. So I think it's really common that when people think of internal wind, they think of tremor and shaking and things like that. But we have to remember there are other manifestations of internal wind. And one of the main ones is spasm and contraction of the muscle. So that's why I bring that up. But let's talk about what is internal wind or what causes internal wind. So again, we have, when we talk about the six evils, a lot of times we have exterior evils like exterior heat, exterior cold, exterior wind, but we can also have interior evils, interior heat, interior fire, interior cold. 
and we can have internal wind as well. So what causes internal wind as opposed to wind attacking us from the environment? Well, one is kidney and liver yin deficiency, if we have yin deficiency in those organs, but then we also say ascendant liver yang. So this is something that different books will say different things. So I think Bensky says ascendant liver yang, Wiseman and Brand say hyperactive ascent of liver yang, but Machiocho will say liver yang rising. And I think that's the more common one that, at least when I was in school, that's what we said is liver yang rising, but we can say ascendant liver yang or hyperactive ascent of liver yang. And Bensky says that lists these as two separate causes, but they kind of go together. It's like when the kidney and liver yin is deficient, then the yang can't be anchored down, so it rises upward. So when we say liver yang rising or ascendant liver yang, it's implied that there's some underlying liver yin deficiency. So there's some imbalance here where the yin can't anchor it down, so the yang rises up. So we see excess symptoms below of excess heat and excess liver yang, but we have uh, deficiency symptoms below. So excess above and deficiency below. But it tends out, turns out these tend to go together anyway. We can also have wind due to blood deficiency. So I think we talked about this before in the tonify blood category, where I think about the blood vessel is like a tube or a pipe. If that tube is filled up with blood, there's no room for the wind to blow. But if you have this pipe and it's only halfway filled, that means there's a lot of empty space in there. There's a lot of room for the wind to blow. You have to be careful with your tail, kitty. You're whapping things with your tail. So blood deficiency is another one that we uh, can talk about as a cause of internal wind. And then we can have extreme heat stirring up internal wind as well. And so here what I think about is um, a fireplace with a chimney, that if you have a lot of heat or a lot of fire, as that heat rises up, it creates a draft. And that's actually what you want to do to keep your fire going. It creates a draft uh, going up the chimney as that heat rises. So we can think about that going on in the body when you have this extreme heat, this heat is rising upward, and as it goes up, it creates a draft and stirs up internal wind. But it turns out when we talk about extreme heat, what we really mean here is high fever. So we're not not necessarily about like just internal heat, liver heat, but like uh, during a febrile disease, when you have a very high fever, that extreme heat can stir up internal wind and we get things like febrile convulsions. And so that's something that we'll talk about later. So these are general causes of internal wind. And also point out that even though these are the causes, sometimes there are other causes that cause the causes. There are other root causes. So we can talk about ascendant liver yang, but sometimes it's really common to have situations like a person has liver chi stagnation. And because of that liver chi stagnation, that chi constraint, things aren't moving, that constraint turns into heat and then that heat damages the yin or causes liver yang rising. So we can have other, uh, uh, other causes beyond that as well, but these are our main immediate causes. And I'll also point out that just at least in this category, when we talk about uh, blood deficiency, herbs in this category don't really treat wind due to blood deficiency. So maybe this is kind of an extreme statement that there are cases when we have wind due to blood deficiency, we'll, we'll use herbs or substances from this category and combine them with blood tonifying herbs. But generally, when we talk about wind due to blood deficiency, we're going to go to other herbs that tonify blood. If you remember uh, in the last category or the category before, we talked about ye jiao tong is an herb that both tonifies blood and extinguishes wind. So that might be something that we're talking about with that. So 
basically when we go through these substances, we'll have a lot of clears heat and extinguishes wind or calms the liver, anchors liver yang rising and extinguishes wind. We're never going to see tonifies blood and extinguishes wind. That doesn't happen in this category. So we have to go to a separate category of herbs that tonify blood in order to address that. So what does wind look like? Well, first we can see things like headache, dizziness, blurred vision, and tinnitus. And at least to me, this seems like it's overlapping with the idea of liver yang rising. So if the yang is not being anchored down, the liver yang rises up into the head and we get these symptoms in the head and face, especially with the sensory orifices. So headache, dizziness, because there's too much yang in there, blurred vision, tinnitus, because that yang is affecting the sensory orifices in the face. So that's those are some more basic ones, but they kind of go along with liver yang rising. Irability, irability, vomiting, palpitations, and muscle twitches, so muscle spasms and things like that. And then when this progresses, when it gets to its more severe form, we have things like tremor, tonic-clonic spasms, sudden loss of consciousness, facial paralysis, hemiplasia, and aphasia, or the inability to speak the correct words. And we're talking about this uh, basically when the wind gets to this level and starts causing these types of symptoms, we call that wind stroke or zhong feng. So this is like kind of like in Western medicine, you had a stroke, or we could say other things like Bell's palsy and stuff like that would fall under this category as well. So those are kind of the, it's kind of like the end stage, the ultimate uh, thing of wind. We might have these symptoms going on for a long time, then we could have a, an attack, a wind stroke attack. Um, when we talk about our other causes of wind, if we have extreme heat, and again, when we say extreme heat, we're talking about like really high fever during a febrile disease, we can have things like convulsions. Sometimes we call this febrile convulsions or childhood convulsions because it tends to occur in children with very high fever. Or sometimes we um, even use the term, Bensky talks about the term uh, childhood fright wind, jing feng. Jing means fright. When we talk about the seven emotions, when we say fright, we usually talk about like, use the image of a startled horse, a horse that gets scared when it sees a snake and it bolts, that would be fright. And so it kind of, this kind of can stir up wind as well. So when Bensky says it, he talks about it as if it's synonymous with childhood febrile convulsions. I think I think it, it's kind of broader than that, where sometimes we talk about just an experience of fright can stir up wind on itself, even without fever. But maybe someone more scholarly knows more about. Anyway, extreme heat, like a um, high fever, can cause, cause convulsions. And then a condition we call epistotonos, or arched back rigidity, is something that can happen with very high fever as well. The only example of this I'm personally familiar with is I met somebody in India who had this happen to them. It, it wasn't while they were in India. It was actually, um, I just met them there and they told me the story about they were traveling in South America and they got extremely sick. I'm not sure if it's they ate some bad food or drank some bad water, but they got extremely sick. They had this really high fever to the point she said she was delirious, but she said she remembered being in a hostel, um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, like a hotel. And she just, her her back tensed up and spasmed so much that she had this arched back. And she said she remembered she would try to lay on her back and it was like her butt and her shoulders would be on the bed, but the rest of her back wasn't. So she would try to turn over. And when she turned over, her stomach was on the bed, but her shoulders and her legs were off the bed. There, there was just no way uh, to correct this. And I think she was delirious and speaking incoherently. And then she said, 
after a while, it, it subsided and went away. And, and she went to her friends and was like, oh, that was really crazy. That was a crazy couple hours I had there. And they were like, no, you were like that for like three days. Like the owner of the hostel was trying to kick us out because he didn't want to deal with a dead body uh, in his hotel. So that's that's my only knowledge of Epistotonos, but it's this arched back rigidity that comes with very high fever. And so this would be, we talk about spasm or tetany. This is rigidity of those muscles. So that's something that we'll talk about in this category. And then we talk about when due to blood deficiency, sometimes these symptoms are a little bit different. So we can... Some of these we talked about in the blood deficiency category. So dizziness, blurred vision, tinnitus, numb extremities. We can maybe think of this as wind, but I also think about this in terms of the blood is not nourishing the tissue. So if there's not enough blood going ahead and nourishing the head, you get dizzy. If there's not enough blood nourishing the eyes, you have blurred vision. If there's not enough blood going into the extremities, we can get uh, numbness or paresthesias, or we can call that wind as well. If those blood vessels aren't full of blood, that leaves room for wind to blow. So we'll get things like numbness, tingling, loss of sensation in the extremities, and then maybe also some cramping and spasm. So I think uh, modern clinics, some things you might see with wind due to blood deficiency, um, sometimes things like clenching of the jaw, you can think of that as um, a type of muscle spasm and it often gets diagnosed as blood deficiency. Or another one would be like restless leg syndrome where where you sit at night and it's hard to keep your legs still. You might That often gets diagnosed as wind due to blood deficiency. So those are some things that might come up there. But again, with that, our main treatment strategy is going to be more about tonifying blood. We may or may not use uh, substances from this category to take care of the actual wind. We may just use a strategy of tonifying blood or using other uh, herbs that we've learned like Yi Jiao Tung that we talked about before. So here's our slide that I think that I think this uh, summarizes everything that these substances are treating the uh, wind on the interior instead of an exterior attack of wind. We're talking about internally generated wind. That's why we say extinguish wind rather than expel wind. And this is generally due to an imbalance of yin and yang in the liver where there's if there's more yang than yin, then that yang will start to be to rise or become hyperactive or ascend hyperactively. And because there's more yang and because there's that yang movement, that movement stirs up wind and the yin is unable to restrain it. We talked about our causes um, according to Bensky, but again, we can have liver and kidney yin deficiency and liver yang rising tend to go together and I think. Um, but then we can also have other causes. Maybe you have extreme liver fire that eventually burns up your yin and you get liver yang rising. Maybe you have liver chi stagnation that turns into heat. Talked about our symptoms. Uh, when that is caused purely by deficiency, either yin deficiency or blood deficiency, you'll use your treat by tonifying herbs and not necessarily herbs from this category. There are some cases where we do it, but I would say that's generally the case. So when we get into our properties of substances that in extinguish win uh, wind and stop tremors, the taste is acrid, sweet, and salty. So a lot of these substances are salty just because they're animal parts and animal parts tend to be salty. In terms of the other tastes, they do tend to be either acrid or sweet, but I'm not sure that has any bearing on their function. Even the ones that are listed as sweet, we don't really say they have a tonifying action. Um, so that, that's true, but I'm not sure it's really relevant to herb function. Most of these substances are slightly cold because a lot of our uh, wind conditions are due to heat or excess of 
relative excess of liver yang, so we're going to be slightly cold in temperature, but there are some excep exceptions. Channel entered is the liver because the liver governs wind, and again, we're mostly talking about liver yin deficiency with liver yang rising, so it makes sense that they enter the liver. Many of these substances are cold, so use caution with spleen deficiency. That's kind of our common thing uh, with cold herbs. The main action here is to calm liver and extinguish internal wind, like we said. And then um, we're going to want to co combine these with other herbs that treat the root. So if we have uh, wind due to yin and blood deficiency, we're going to combine it with herbs that tonify yin and blood. If we have uh, wind due to heat, we're going to combine it with our bitter herbs that clear heat and drain fire, things like that. So when we look at this category, I, it's not a huge category, it's kind of medium length and there's not always a lot to say here. I'm sorry kitty, I'm doing my thing, I know you want to chomp on me because no one's paying attention to you. Um, so hopefully we can go through these quickly, but again, a lot of these are either minerals or shells or animal substances and insects. So that's why we say substances that extinguish wind and stop tremor. And again. It's kind of a similar idea when we said anchor, settle, and calm because we said that a lot of this wind is being stirred up by hyperactive ascent of liver yang. So we're going to use that same strategy of using heavy substances that anchor and weigh down that liver yang rising in order to extinguish that wind. So our first one here is Ling Yang Jiao, Sagai Tatarikai Kornu. Ling Yang Jiao, Sagai... Tatarakai Kornu. This is antelope horn. So remember, the word jiao means horn. We've learned that before with uh, things like lu jiao is deer antler or deer horn, and xi jiao is rhinoceros horn. So jiao means horn, ling jiao is antelope horn. So again, this is an animal substance, but the horn is kind of heavy, so it has this heavy sedating effect. So this one clears liver heat and extinguishes wind. And this is for extreme heat stirring internal wind. So that extremely high fever, uh, that extreme heat causes that updraft and stirs up internal wind. And so that's what I think about with Ling Yang Jiao is this is the one that clears a lot of heat, treats these extreme heat conditions. So we say for childhood convulsion, again here, it, it's kind of implying that we're dealing with a febrile disease, febrile convulsions, seizure, and stubborn high fever due to heat. But besides just clearing the heat and um, extinguishing wind, we say subdues liver yang rising as well by virtue of its heavy nature that anchors and weighs things down for dizziness, irritability, restlessness, and splitting headache. And here, sorry, I tend to go back and forth on the terminology here. There, are, like I said, there are some books that say um, subdue liver yang rising or subdue ascendant liver yang, or we just say anchor liver yang rising. So I think in the, in the previous category, I said anchor liver yang rising. Now I'm going with Mensky and saying subduing liver yang. But they mean the same thing. There's this yang that's uh, hyperactively ascending and we need to subdue it or anchor it down. So that's what we're doing. We also say Ling Yang Jiao clears liver heat to brighten eyes. So this is something that we've seen a lot before that when we talk about eye problems, there are several causes of eye problems. We can have wind heat causing eye problems like red eyes, dry eyes, blurred vision. We can have wind heat. We can have liver heat or liver yang rising going up the liver channel to the eyes. Or we can have liver yin and liver blood deficiency where there's not enough yin and blood to nourish the eyes. So we end up things with things like blurred vision, flowery vision, floated in the vision, diminished nighttime vision. So here, this one, because it clears a lot of heat, it can also brighten the eyes or 
um, treat red eyes and headache due to liver fire. And then along with our theme of clearing heat, it also clears heat toxicity. So for warm heat diseases with high fever, which is kind of what we were talking about here when we say the wind, we had such a high fever that was stirring up wind and causing convulsions. But for high fever, manic behavior, or even loss of consciousness, when that heat gets into the pericardium, when we're talking like end stages of the, the six levels or blood or heat that goes deep in the body and gets to the pericardium and causes certain shen disturbances, or for macular eruptions due to heat toxicity, so skin-related heat toxicity problems. So kind of the thing I would think about here with Ling Yang Zhao is this is a lot of heat, extreme heat stirring up wind, heat in the liver causing eye problems, heat toxicity, Ling Yang Zhao is all about heat. So think about like antelope horns, antelope being and heat. And so you wanna use it to clear heat. So that's what I think about with Ling Yang Zhao. The dosage, because this is a, a heavy substance or horn, the dosage is smaller than normal, one to three grams. And this one you need to cook for a long time. Sometimes when we say pre-decoct a substance, we mean like boil for 30 to 60 minutes before you add the other herbs. This one we're actually boiling for like two hours um, in order to extract its medicinal properties, or we grind it into a powder and take it, um, swallow it as a powder or put it in a pill. A few other things to note, when you, when you look at your sample, if you have a sample of this, um, it looks like little shavings. Apparently the way they do this is you don't just get a whole, whole horn or you don't slice it up. Like with deer antler, we tend to make little slices. Apparently with antelope horn, what they do is they um, make shavings. So I think of it like taking a big horn and using a cheese grater and making these little shavings. So that's why it looks like that. They've shaved it down that way. And also there's this uh, note here that um, I'm not entirely sure what the status of this particular species of antelope is. I think Bensky says it's uh, relatively endangered. I don't know what it means for something to be relatively endangered. I thought it was either endangered or it's not, but it says relatively endangered. Uh, I think other books just say it's listed as endangered and we can't get it. Um, so often a uh, goat horn is used as a substitute. So um, that's Ling Yang Zhao. Uh, again, the name Ling Yang, it just refers to the animal, the, the antelope. Uh, Yang means goat or sheep, but Ling Yang means antelope and Jiao means horn. Again, here I would think about extreme heat, clearing all these different types of heat, including heat stirring up wind, but also liver heat, liver fire going into the eyes or heat toxicity. So. Antelope, think of antelopes and heat, Ling Yang Jiao. Next is a very common one, a uh, Go Tung, Uncaria Ramulus Cum Uncus. Go Tung, Uncaria Ramulus Cum Uncus. And this is maybe cat's claw. This is, uh, this is one that, um, at least when I, when I talk to other people and I use the term Uncaria, they, they say, oh, that's cat's claw. But as far as I know, I think there are a lot of different types of plants that have the common name cat's claw. And so I don't know enough about the common names of plants to know what type it is or anything like that. But I do have some people say like, oh, this is cat's claw. But also this is one of the reasons why I, 
I don't really like giving the common names of herbs. I think for some people it's helpful, but we just have to know that sometimes the common names are misleading. So like when I say buohu is mint, a lot of people think that, oh, mint, like they think that's like the mint I buy in the grocery store in the produce section. And it's really not. When we say buohu is mint, we mean buohu is Chinese field mint. It's a specific type of mint that's grown in China. It's not the same as the type of mint you get in an American grocery store or that you grow in your backyard. And so I think it's the same thing here where we can say it's cat's claw, but that can refer to like 40 different types of plants. This is a very specific type of um, vine that's grown in China. So anyway, if that helps you, you can think of cat's claw, uh, or you can just say, go tongue, Uncaria ramulus cum uncus. And so go tongue extinguishes wind and stops spasm. So here we're talking about like a uh, spasm for tremor, convulsion, seizure, and child fright wind. Again, when Bensky says child fright wind, sometimes he means just uh, childhood febrile convulsions, but I think I've seen this in other contexts where we just talk about um, uh, a child experiences some terror and that stirs up wind that causes to uh, tense up. So you can think about, when you talk about fear and fright, you can think about if you get really scared and your heart starts pounding and you start sweating, that's a indication that the emotion has affected the heart. Sometimes you lose your voice, you can't speak or you babble incoherently. That's a sign that the emotion has affected the heart because the heart sprouts in the tongue. If you get really scared and you wet yourself, you lose control of your bladder and bowel, you get so scared that you wet your pants or you shit yourself, that's a sign that the emotion has affected the kidney, that the, the emotion has caused the chi to descend and affect the kidney because the kidney governs the lower yin orifices. But if you get scared and you tense up and your muscles get tense, remember the liver governs the tendons and the sinews. So if you get scared and tense up, that's a, a sign that the emotion has affected the liver. And so that fright has affected the liver and stirred up internal wind. And that's also what we mean by childhood fright wind. And so we can extinguish wind and stop that spasm um, and contraction with go tongue, cat's claw. And this one also clears liver heat and subdues liver yang rising. So even if we don't see these signs of wind and spasm like tremor, convulsion, these more severe signs, we can, e we can even use it for more mild cases of liver heat and liver yang rising. Things like headache, irritability, red eyes, and dizziness. Again, there's, there's some imbalance between the yin and yang in the liver. So the yin is no longer to restrain or anchor the yang. The yang rises up into the head and up into the face. And so we get these symptoms in the upper body like headache, irritability, red eyes, and dizziness. And this is also used for high blood pressure as well. This is another common use. And so we tend to see these things go together when uh, in kind of in modern times, we say people are really stressed out. They have a high stress job and they end up making poor dietary choices. All that stress and poor diet causes their liver chi to get constrained. That constraint turns into heat and goes into liver yang rising. And so they get like their the veins in their forehead start, start bulging. They get headaches, they get eye problems, and they also have uh, high blood pressure as well. So this is one that we can use, and I believe it has some modern research showing that this is effective in lowering high blood pressure. And so we can think of high blood pressure like liver yang rising as well. So you can think about when people get stressed, it's like their stress level is rising and they get red in the face and they start shouting. That's kind of like liver yang rising as well when they're tense and irritable. 
Gotong, um, besides treating interior wind, we also say it has an action of releasing the exterior as well. So we say for wind heat with headache and red eyes, or for the incomplete expression of rashes. And this one, in terms of releasing the exterior, we do say it this way, but I think it's unusual to see this come up in formulas for releasing the exterior that for most of your wind heat conditions, you're going to go to some of the other herbs we already learned about. Um, uh, cool acrid herbs that release the exterior, you're more likely to see those, at least in my experience, it's very rare to see go tongue used in this way in formulas. I think all of the formulas we learn from the NCCM list, go tongue doesn't really appear that way. And I am a little bit suspicious of it because the example that Bensky uses is he says we can uh, combine this with herbs like Bulhu and Chan Tui uh, for these wind heat conditions. And so remember, uh, Bulhu, both of these herbs are good for expressing rashes. Chan Tui is cicada skin. It's really good for like chicken pox and rashes. So we talk about incomplete expression of rashes. Those herbs are very good for that. But um, Basically, when we look at not, uh, Wiseman and Brand, they say it a little bit differently. They use the same example of uh, combining with Bulhu and Chan Tui, but they say it's more for these conditions where we have, uh, when you have wind, heat, and children, and that causes them to cry at night or have night terrors or have these other things. So even though we say it releases the exterior, I think we're using this more in the case of when we have an exterior wind, heat, and it's causing these childhood convulsions or childhood fright syndrome. So. I have seen it once or twice, but I wouldn't say that this is a major function. I would say mostly you're gonna see Gotong used for these other ones, like extinguishing wind and stopping tremor, but especially for liver yang rising, and think about, in a modern clinic, think about people with high blood pressure, people who are really stressed out, they're red in the face, they're red in the eyes, they're shouty, they have that bulging vein in their forehead. Um, they start to, they're so stressed out, they start to get that eye tick that like their eye starts twitching or their face starts twitching because they're so stressed out. You can think of that as like in uh, wind due to liver yang rising. That's what I think about for Gotong. Here our dosage is a little bit higher than average, but what we, sh we should really pay attention to is this one does have a special cooking instruction where we say, do not boil longer than 20 minutes. And this is kind of interesting because normally when we talk about aromatic herbs, we and we say don't overcook them, we say add them during the last five minutes. Go tongue is a little bit more unusual where we don't necessarily say add towards the end or add during the last five minutes, but don't boil it longer than 20 minutes. And so I think this one, it's very common to have this question come up on tests and boards about the cooking instructions for Gotong because it is a little bit more unusual. And I think sometimes I've seen it all specifically related to its function of treating uh, high blood pressure that make sure you don't cook it longer than 20 minutes. And the name Gotong means hook vine. So remember again, tongue means vine. We learned this with like Jishui tongue is a type of vine um, and Go means hook. And so it's got those hooks on it, it's hook vine or you can think of it as being like a cat's claw because cats like to hook on you and cling to you like a vine and I'm trying to think of it like a cat thing that my like my cat likes to climb up him, up my leg and that's kind of like liver yang rising and my cat stresses me out and gives me high blood pressure sometimes, I don't know. Go tongue, think about liver yang rising and extinguishing wind and stopping spasm. This is a very commonly used herb in this category, much more common than something like ling yang jiao. Another very common one here is tian ma, gastrodia rhizoma. 
Tianma gastroderizoma. They tend to go together, Tianma and Gotong as paired herb. So very similar. So Tianma extinguishes wind and stops spasm. So for again, headache, dizziness, childhood convulsion, spasm, I mean that epistotonos, that arched back rigidity when your fever is so high, your back muscles tense up and you can't lie flat, or even uh, more severe like wind stroke. So those things we talked about. We also say for headache, dizziness, and migraine due to wind phlegm. So this can be uh, specifically good for wind phlegm as well. And um, what kind of what's special about this one is notice that it's neutral in temperature. So we can use it for hot or cold patterns, excess or deficiency patterns. So we have that extreme heat or liver fire excess conditions, or we can use it for liver yin deficiency with yang writhing or for any type of pattern. So that's kind of what makes Hianma special is it's neutral in temperature and it has a very versatile use in terms of the conditions it can treat. Uh, besides that, again, even if we don't have wind conditions like tremor, spasm, convulsion, but we just have signs of liver yang rising, we can still use Tianma. So Tianma subdues liver yang rising, anchors liver yang, or anchors hyperactive ascent of liver yang. So for things like dizziness and headache due to liver yang rising, when the yang rises up into the head and causes dizziness and headache. Then we also say Tianma unblocks the channels to treat B syndrome, especially for pain and numbness of the low back and the extremities. So remember we talked about B syndrome, that's like wind cold damp. So we're not only talking about this internal um, stirring of internal wind caused by liver things, we're also gonna talk about wind damp in the channels causing B syndrome as well. So Tianma, very versatile in its use of treating the various types of wind. Tianma, the name means heavenly hemp. So Tian means heaven, like we talk about humans exist between heaven and earth. Um, we've seen this before in like Tianhua Fen, where Tian comes up a lot. And then Ma means hemp. We've also seen this a lot with like Ma Huang is yellow hemp. Sheng Ma is ascending hemp. Here we have Tian Ma, heavenly hemp. So maybe you can think that Heaven is above your head, and so that's like liver. the liver yang is rising. You, or you can divide the body into uh, heaven, people, and earth, and so the heaven aspect of your body is the upper body, so the liver yang is rising to the upper body, and you're getting all these signs and symptoms in the upper body. So Tian Ma, heavenly hemp. After that is Siji Li, tribuli fructus, Si. Gili tribuli fructus. This always makes me think of tribbles from the uh, the original Star Trek series. So maybe you can think those little things look like miniature tribbles that are going to replicate. This also goes by the name Baijili as well. So it's very common to see these two different names, Sijili and Baijili. It's the same thing. So you'll see it in different books listed in different ways. So this is kind of like, this happens a lot in... Um, I guess it happens all over the place. I was going to say uh, this happens with things like yin yang huo is also called xian ling pi. So this can be very difficult that sometimes people are looking through a book and they want to copy a formula out of a book and they're like, oh, xian ling pi, I've never heard of that. Do we have that? And you say, yes, it's yin yang huo. But this is kind of like um, you can say green onion or spring onion, things like that. Or uh, apparently... Uh, in America, we say peanut oil, and in England, they say groundnut oil. And so when I first started watching Gordon Ramsay videos, I was very confused by what is groundnut oil. And with an English accent, it sounded like he was saying grandma oil. But anyway, 
Sometimes we have uh, multiple names for the same thing. So Cgli and Bigli are the same thing. They both have the Latin name Tribuli Fructus. I believe on the NCCM list it's called Cgli, and Bensky it's called Cgli, and Chen and Chen it's called Bigli. You'll see it both ways. Anyway, Cgli, this one, it's interesting when we look at it, we don't really see a lot of extinguished wind here. And so I think this is going back to that beginning idea. I don't have my book here, but when he talked about uh, Wiseman and Brand had these two subcategories that we had one that uh, subdues uh, ascendant liver yang and one that extinguishes wind. This is one that he would put it in that first category of just subduing ascendant yang or anchoring liver yang rising because we don't really see a lot of extinguishing wind here. So CG Lee, we say it anchors liver yang rising or um, subdues ascendant liver yang for headache and dizziness. So symptoms in the upper head. It also has an action of moving liver chi and relieving constraint as well. So things like distension and pain in the chest and rib side. So the chest and rib sides, that's where the liver gallbladder channel goes to the chest and rib side. So whenever we have liver chi stagnation, it's very common to get these symptoms in the chest and rib side. Sometimes we'll say things like, um, inability to expand the chest or we'll say frequent sighing kind of got, goes along with that chest and rib side stuff. Irregular menses because um, uh, the liver is it governs lower jowl, liver blood, menses. So that makes sense as well that we could have irregular menses. And then also we say specifically for insufficient lactation with painful and distended breast due to liver chi constraint. So again, the, the liver channel goes up and it goes to the uh, rib side and chest area and that includes the breasts. So one of our causes of insufficient lactation is can be uh, stagnation. So we saw this before with herbs like wangbuliosheng. Uh, Vicaria semen, that was for uh, insufficient lactation due to stagnation, or you saw it with things like mu tong and tong sao. Tong means free flow or unblock. So it's unblocking the channels, unblocking the urine, but also unblocking uh, the flow of breast milk. And so the the breast thing is kind of interesting. Basically, when we talk about issues affecting the breast, the two channels we're talking about are the stomach channel and the liver channel, because both of these channels go to the breast and the breast tissue. And it's kind of interesting. When we're talking about problems with the breast tissue itself, we're usually talking about the stomach channel. So when you talk about mastitis, breast abscess, those like heat toxicity affecting the breast, we're usually going to the stomach channel. But when we talk about lactation problems, we usually talk about the liver channel. And sometimes people get confused about this because they're like, oh, but I thought like stomach 18 is literally the nipple. Why don't we go to the stomach channel? Well, I would say just remember that the spleen stomach governs the flesh. And so when we're talking about the flesh of the breast, we're talking more about the stomach channel, but the liver governs free flow, free coursing. So we're talking about the free coursing of the breast milk. We're talking more about the liver channel. And there, it's, it's usually either we have some liver blood deficiency, there's not enough blood to produce the milk, or we have some liver chi stagnation, where because the chi is stagnant, the milk is there, but it's not flowing out properly. And so that's what we're talking about with CG Lee. We're talking about this situation where uh, the lactation is not happening because of stagnation. And so that's why I say uh, painful, swollen, distended, because the milk is there, but it's stuck and it's not coming out. So that's why we have those symptoms. So anyway, CG Lee promotes lactation. 
And then besides that, we also say it does have some actions of dispelling wind heat as well. So we're talking about an exterior attack of wind heat. So it dispels wind heat to brighten eyes. So for red, swollen, painful eyes due to a wind heat invasion. So again, when we talk about eye problems, we're usually talking about three causes, wind heat, liver heat, liver yang rising, or liver blood deficiency. This one, we're talking about wind heat causing eye problems. So we saw this before with herbs like uh, we had a lot of herbs that, uh, Sangye and Juhua are the very famous ones. A lot of herbs that brighten the eyes due to wind heat. Here we have another one. And then we can also say it dispels wind heat and stops itch. So for itching and hives due to a wind heat invasion, we also say vitiligo. Um, we talked about this with other herbs, I think. Um, I want to say it's Bugujur is another one for, uh, vitiligo. And, um, we we say it i'm not sure it's kind of it's kind of people i've talked to say you don't always get good results so we say it by the books but if you have a patient with it it's not a surefire thing it doesn't have a very reliable action of treating this condition so but we do say it um spells wind heat and stops itch but this one i would main, mainly think about this as a uh, anchoring liver yang rising and moving liver chi so again we're not we're not talking about like the spasm seizure and tremor so much but we will uh, talk about it in terms of anchor liver yang rising and moving liver chi. So for that person who's really stressed out and their forehead vein starts bulging, this can maybe help move their liver chi and anchor that liver yang rising. And similar, we have shi jue ming heliotidis concha. Shi jue ming heliotidis concha. And that is abalone shell. So this is another one that even though we put it in this category, we don't see a lot of extinguishing wind and stopping tremor. This is another one that Wiseman and Brand would put it in the uh, liver calming, yang subduing medicinals. So um, Shirjue Ming, it's abalone shell. It's a shell. It's a heavy shell and mineral that weighs things down. So it clears liver heat and anchors liver yang rising, subdues liver yang rising, or calms the liver to treat hyperactive ascent of liver yang. So again, these things in the upper body, headache, dizziness, red eyes. We can also say it's for hypertension with liver yang rising because hypertension is, we often think about that as liver yang rising. So by subduing the hyperactive, hyperactive ascent of liver yang, we're also treating the hypertension. And this one, Shirjue Ming, I would say if you remember one thing about this is Shirjue Ming has a very famous, very reliable action of clearing liver heat to brighten eyes. So red eyes, blurred vision, sensitivity to light, or pterygium. I believe pterygium, we also call that like a surfer's eye. I think it's like an actual infection. So Shirjue Ming, uh, abalone shell, very famous, very reliable action of brightening the eyes. Then in addition to that, we also add like extra things we can say it's recently used for reducing stomach acid or using topically for bleeding due to injury and trauma. And again, this is just a very common thing we've seen with shells and minerals. So we kind of said this again with uh, muli and longu that they also had this action of uh, reducing stomach acid or grinding and powdering using it topically to stop bleeding. So this is just kind of a thing that we see that there's something in these shells and minerals that they're able to do that. Um, 
In this one, the, the dosage is higher than average because it's a heavy shell, it's a mineral, so we need to use a larger dose, so the dosage is 15 to 30 grams. And this is interesting, at least in Vensky, there's no special cooking instruction that he mentions, but in other books they will say you should crush it into smaller pieces and then pre-decoct it. So you cook it for 30 to 60 minutes before adding the other ingredients. So that's something Bensky doesn't mention, but to me, it would just naturally make sense that because this is a, a heavy shell like Muli and our other shells, you should cook it first. And then, then, then the name here is Stone Unhampered Clarity. So sure means stone. We've seen this a lot with our, especially with our minerals like Shurgao, Stone Paste, washer, slippery stone, susher, redstone. So we've seen the word stone come up a lot. And then Ming, uh, Bensky translated this as clarity, but Ming also means brightness. So when we talk about the Yang Ming channel is the Yang brightness channel. We say Yang Ming, brightness or clarity. And unhampered clarity, this refers to its ability to, to brighten the eye. So maybe you can think that Ming means brightness, so it has a very strong action of brightening the eyes. And it turns out we've seen this before in another herb. So if you remember in Herbology 1 in the category Herbs That Drain Fire, we learned Jui Mingza. Uh, Jui Ming also unhampered clarity seed. So this is another one that clears liver heat, but especially for brightening the eyes. So both of these have uh, unhampered clarity in the name, and they're both good for brightening the eyes. So really what it turns out is, I believe Shijueming came first. Shijueming is a shell that just has this very famous action of brightening the eyes. And cassia seed, because it had similar properties, they borrowed the name. They just said, oh, this also has a very good action of brightening the eyes, so we're going to name it after Shijueming. So they call it Mingza because it had similar properties. So that's just to illustrate that Shijueming, very famous, very reliable action of clearing heat to brighten eyes. So that's Shijueming, abalone shell. Oh, let's take a break. Doing okay there, little kitty? Snoozing in your hammock? Oh, do we have very many more to go? Oh, then we get, oh, we have a couple bugs. Oh, we have several bugs. Okay, so no, we're, we, we're only like halfway through. Ugh, I was initially thinking about doing the, the last category too, just to get it all done, and I don't think I'm gonna, I don't think I'm gonna make it. Oh. All right. Shujueming and Jueming's. Next is Di Long Ferritima. Di Long Ferritima. This is earthworm. So that's why I don't have a picture here because I don't get a sample. Di Long is just earthworm. So D-Long Earthworm, we're back into our actually extinguishing wind. So here we're clearing heat and extinguishing wind for extremely high fever, causing clouded spirit, delirious speech, spasm, and convulsion. So the fever is hot, so high it's starting to uh, impair our consciousness, making us uh, delirious or clouded spirit. 
Besides that, DeLong also unblocks the channel. So for hemiplasia and post-stroke conditions, so if um, either we have this numbness, tingling, or uh, loss of use of the limbs, usually on one side after a stroke, or the face starts drooping on one side after a stroke, DeLong can unblock the channels to treat that condition, or you can use it for B syndrome, like joint pain, by unblocking the channels. We can treat the B syndrome as well. It's especially for hot B syndrome because this one is very good at, again, clearing heat. So we see a lot of clear heat with DeLong. So DeLong unblocks the channels. Then also this is a very interesting action that we see that it enters the lung channel as well because it has a section of clearing heat and calming wheezing. So for panting and wheezing specifically due to lung heat. And this one, you can use it alone as a single herb ground into a powder. Uh, Bensky says, uh, has this instruction about decocting it with sugar in order to make a syrup and uh, taking the syrup. The way this was explained to me by, a by one of my Chinese teachers, and I haven't been able to find this in a book, so I can't really verify it with any sources, but the way he said it was, you could actually take a live earthworm, you could take, just go dig up earthworms, rinse the dirt off, and then just put the earthworms in just a jar of powder of sugar, like still just ground into the powder and stir it around. And if you leave it there for half an hour, the worms will actually dissolve. The sugar will dissolve the syrup that, or the, the sugar will dissolve the worms. So if you come back later and stir it up, the worms will be gone. They've been dissolved by the sugar and then you can take the sugar. So I've never seen that anywhere else. I've never tried that. So if you, if you have some worms and you want to try that, let me know how it goes. Um, but I think Bensky just says uh, decoct it with sugar to, uh, to form a syrup, and you can take it like that. But for uh, uh, wheezing due to lung heat. So this one, um, I kind of think about this with uh, kind of like when you talked about gecko being used to treat asthma. Um, I had a, he wasn't an herbs teacher, he was a points teacher, but I had a, a Vietnamese teacher who told the story about when he was a kid, one of his friends was having an asthma attack. So they uh, caught a gecko and, and fed it to him and said, here, take this, it'll help. It turns out they didn't actually know anything about the medicinal properties of gecko. They just they were playing a prank. They thought it would be fun to make their, uh, their friend eat a gecko. So for some reason, I just think about like eating lizards and eating worms is apparently really good for panting and wheezing. So DeLong is another example of that. And then we also say it clears heat to promote urination, especially for hot limb syndrome or edema. So we have it entering the urinary bladder channel as well. So here again, kind of a common theme here is these are all heat conditions. So DeLong is for clearing heat. Um, used recently for hypertension with liver yang rising. So again, that's common in some of these categories that I think they, they saw this category could uh, clear liver yang rising. So they did some research on it with that. So I think what, what's kind of interesting here is the name DeLong means earth dragon. So D means earth, like when we talk about uh, people existing between heaven and earth, earth is D. Turns out we have two Chinese words for earth. One, uh, when we talk about the five phases or the five elements and we say earth there, the character is Tu, which means more like dirt or soil. Here when we say D, that's more like the earth, the globe, the earth, not like an earthenware pot. And then long means dragon. And I think this is just a common thing in, in Chinese where they like to use very poetic or fancy words to make things, just to make things sound beautiful, to make them sound fancier than they really are. And so sometimes you'll see this with like recipes. It'll say 
silver-wrapped fish. And so it sounds very fancy, but when they say silver-wrapped fish, they actually mean you wrap it in aluminum foil. But saying, oh, fish in aluminum foil doesn't sound as fancy. So they say silver-wrapped fish. We saw this before with like, um, San Sha is silkworm feces, but it, it sounds very ugly to say silkworm feces. So they say silkworm sand, and that's a more poetic way of saying silkworm feces. Here we say earth dragon sounds much more beautiful, much more poetic than saying uh, earthworm. And so the way I think about this one is you can think about um, earthworms they dig through the dirt and they dig out tunnels. And so you can think just like earthworms dig through the dirt and form these tunnels, you can think about earthworms digging through your channels and opening and unblocking the channels. They dig through the channels to get to the wind and uh, extinguish it, or they dig through the channels and unblock the channels the same way they um, dig through the dirt to create tunnels. So that's what I think about with Dilong. And um, you know, we'll see this come up with a lot of our like post-stroke conditions when we're dealing with Bell's palsy, hemiplasia, uh, facial paralysis, and things like that. So that's Dilong, earthworm, or earth dragon. Speaking of silkworms and silkworm feces, our next one is Bai Jiang Zan, Bombix Batriotria. Bai Jiang Zan is silkworm. So before we learned like silkworm feces, now we're learning the actual silkworm, the dead, dried out, mummified silkworm is Bai Jiang Song. And so this one extinguishes wind and stops spasm. Uh, so for childhood convulsion, facial paralysis, and seizures. But this one I would think about with Bai Jiang Song, I would think about phlegm. So it is good for any type of wind, but I would say it's especially useful for wind phlegm. This is another one that unblocks the channel, so hemiplasia and deviation of the eyes and mouth due to wind stroke. Um, so again, think about like silkworms skittering through your channels, uh, finding the wind and extinguishing the wind and unblocking the channels. And then we see phlegm again, transforms phlegm and dissipates nodules. So here we're talking about scrofula and other nodules due to phlegm heat. And then we say disperses when heat alleviates pain and stops itch. So um, yes, I have seen this used in certain um, uh, conditions for like rashes and things like that. We, we uh, will use this for certain skin conditions. So for headache, red eye, sore throat, and loss of voice, but also for itching, uh, itching skin lesions and wind rash. This also is used for dermatological purposes as well. So we will see that come up in certain formulas. Um, but this one again for Bai Jiang San silkworm, what I think about is these little silkworms going through your channels and especially they're chomping up the phlegm. So um, they're treating the post-stroke conditions due to wind phlegm. So they go and chomp up your phlegm or they're, tr they're unblocking the channels. So they're going through the channels, unblocking and chomping up the phlegm. Or you have these phlegm nodules due to phlegm in the channels. It goes through the channels, chomps up that phlegm and reduces the nodules. So that's why I think about Bai Jiang San. Maybe for itching, you can think about like um, as these, uh, sometimes they talk about skin sensation, like bugs crawling under your skin. You can think about, oh, the Bai Jong San is there. And so it's crawling under your skin, creating the itchiness. Or sometimes we think about itchiness um, and skin problems as parasites. So you can think maybe like, oh, the, the silkworms are going through and they're chomping up these bugs and these parasites as well in order to stop the itch. So that's how I think about silkworm. Think about wind, think about unblocking the channels, but especially think about phlegm, and that's going to differentiate it from some of our other ones here. Bai Jiang Song, 
silkworm. Uh, the name means white, stiff silkworm. Uh, bai means white. Zan, again, means silkworm, like Zan Sha is silkworm sand. Uh, Jiang, uh, stiff, or I think Bensky translates it as mummified, so white mummified silkworm or white stiff silkworm. It's a dead silkworm, and so it stiffens up and gets mummified. So that's Bai Jiang Song, dead silkworm. After that, more insects. We have Chuan Xie Scorpio. Chuan Xie Scorpio, this is scorpion. And so here we have more insects. And so Chuan Xie, we say it strongly extinguishes wind. Uh, it has a very strong, very reliable action of powerfully extinguishing wind. In fact, we don't just say it, it extinguishes wind, we go so far as to say it seeks out or tracks down wind. So this isn't just calming the liver and putting out the wind. You can think about scorpions and centipedes going through your channels and actually seeking out or tracking down the wind. I think we've talked about this before. Uh, maybe it came up with like hugu tiger bone. I think that's another one that we say it seeks out or tracks down wind. But here, um, scorpion kind of alluding to its very strong, reliable nature of uh, treating wind. We say it seeks out or tracks down wind. For spasm, childhood convulsion, tetany, again, epistotonos, that archback rigidity, ticks, muscle ticks, or seizure. And so this one, scorpion, obviously, like, scorpions are, are poisonous, they're venomous. Um, a lot of our insects are have some toxicity, so this one is toxic. So it's toxic, but it does have this very strong action. So this one, the way it was always described to me is this is more like a last resort. This is for very chronic, very stubborn conditions. When you've tried other herbs and they haven't worked, then you can go to Chuan Xie and our next one, Wu Gong. Then you can go to these well, more toxic substances that... Um, it's more of a last resort when your other more mild treatments haven't worked. We don't want to, we would never use this as our first choice. We wouldn't use this for mild conditions. That would be like using a cannon to kill a mosquito. We'd use this for our chronic stubborn conditions that don't respond to other treatments. So that's why we say it strongly extinguishes wind. It might actually be too strong for some situations. This one also unblocks the channels and stops pain. So again, we can think about scorpions, uh, crawling through your channels, seeking out the wind, and unblocking the channels as well. So we say for chronic stubborn bee syndrome, for stubborn headache and migraine, or for deviated mouth and eyes due to wind stroke. Again, we're emphasizing the chronic stubborn nature of these conditions because we're not going to use this as our first choice. We're going to use this after we've tried other things and they haven't worked. So this is more for um, again, more like a last resort. And then we say it also clears heat toxicity and dissipates nodules for toxic sores, uh, for toxic sores, swellings, and scrofula, so heat toxicity-related problems. And here we use the maxim, use toxin to attack toxin. So scorpion is a toxic substance, but we're using that toxin to treat the toxin. And so here, um, if you haven't seen this movie, if you can find this movie, I think if you're studying uh, TCM, a movie, a Chinese movie you should see is Iron Monkey. It's a, a martial arts movie from, I think it's 1993. So it's possible there are a couple movies with the name Iron Monkey. This is one from 1993 and it has Donnie Yen in it. It's one of, the, one of his first movies. Donnie Yen is the guy. He's in Rogue One and some other more modern um, martial arts movies. 
But basically, Iron Monkey, it's a story that this, this guy is uh, the main the main character is a, a TCM practitioner, but he's kind of like a Robin Hood. So by day, he has this uh, clinic where he treats people. He has scenes of him. He's when the rich people come in, he charges them more money and gives them the really expensive formulas. But when the poor people come in, he uh, he treats them for free. But then also he's secretly a very skilled martial artist. And so at night he uh, dresses up uh, in dark clothing and he goes by the name the Iron Monkey. And he goes and steals money from the corrupt governor and distribute, distributes to the poor people. Anyway, then Donnie Yen comes in. He plays Wong Kei-ying, uh, and his son is uh, uh, Wong, Wong Kei-ying and uh, Wong Fei-young. Anyway, very, also very famous. Uh, Marshall, he developed the shadow kick, a kick that was so fast it didn't leave a shadow. Also comes up in a lot of uh, China. Anyway, uh, it's a really good movie to see because he's a... It shows a lot of some of that traditional TCM stuff. It shows uh, the traditional open-air clinic, uh, treating uh, treating patients in the open-air clinic. Uh, it shows him taking the pulse using uh, the traditional pulse pillow sitting there. Uh, they have these using moxa, so it's really good to see some of the TCM stuff. They show cupping uh, with bamboo cups, and so what happens is uh, Wong Kei-ying's son gets hit by a, a poison dart, and so one thing they do is they do cupping, and so they use the ba they use bamboo cups instead of glass cups. And instead of using a cotton ball, what they do is they light a little piece of paper, throw it in the cup, and then uh, put it on. And because they're doing it sitting, the, the fire doesn't actually hit his skin, So, but you can see how cupping was done with bamboo cups. Where was I going with this? I got distracted because I really like this movie. Um, Iron Monkey, also one of the plot points is uh, uh, his son gets hit by this poison dart. And so Iron Monkey writes a prescription and says, go fill this prescription. And Wong Kei-ying looks at it and it's like, oh, this is ingenious. You are using toxin to treat the toxin. And so that's, that's a saying that comes up in Chinese medicine, using toxin to, to treat toxin. And Chuan Chie is an example of that. So sorry, that was a very long story about, you should go watch the movie uh, Iron Monkey if you can find it. And one of the things that come up is this idea of using toxin to attack toxin. And Chuan Chie is one of those. Contraindicated during pregnancy. It's scorpion. It's toxic. It's venomous. Don't give it to a pregnant person. Again, we're using this as like a last resort. This is a very strong herb, so we don't use it lightly. Um, so, Chuan uh, uh, Xie. Uh, xie just means scorpion. Chuan here means like a whole or complete. So we sometimes see this with... Um, I think it's just saying it's the whole scorpion as opposed to just the scorpion tail or something like that. So it's uh, entire scorpion. We see Chuan. We see that come up in um, certain formula names as well, like Shi Chuan Da Butong, 10 complete um, formula. Anyway, Chuan Xie, Scorpio. And then similar to that is Wugong, which is centipede. If we see here, it uh, has pretty much the same actions as, uh, as scorpion. So same things, it, it strongly extinguishes wind, it seeks out or tracks down the wind, it also unblocks the channels and stops pain for these chronic stubborn conditions. So you can think about centipedes skittering through your channels, seeking out the wind, tracking out the wind, unblocking the channels. And then also, again, this idea of using toxin to attack toxin or attacks toxin with toxin, 
also contraindicated during pregnancy. So Chuanxi and Wugong often used together as paired herbs because of this. I Usually I just put them on the same slide and talk about them together because they have pretty much the exact same functions. Here I just split them up because their properties are a little bit different. Their taste and um, their taste and temperature and their dosage is a little bit different as well. So I just put them on separate slides so you could see that the, the dosage was slightly different. Um, again, I think it's very common to use these together, but then you need to take that account into your dosage that you you might not want to use the, the full dosage of each one if you're using them together. If you're using them together, you might want to use half of each one um, so that you can keep in mind this toxicity, again, contraindicated during pregnancy. So Chuanxi and Wugong, very similar functions. These seek out or track down wind, very strong function, uh, used more as a last resort. I believe our final one here is Dai Ju Shur Hematitum. Dai Ju Shur Hematitum. This is hematite. So again, Shur means stone. We tend to use that a lot with our minerals. So this is another one that it's a heavy mineral. It has a very uh, anchoring, sedating quality to it. We don't, but again, we don't necessarily go so far as in its functions to say extinguish wind. Bensky still puts it in this category. Wiseman and Brand would put it in the other category of anchor liver yang rising. But we put it here, but again, it has it's a mineral. It has this heavy function of anchoring things downward. So clears liver heat and subdues liver yang rising or anchors liver yang rising for dizziness, headache, eye pressure, tinnitus, all these symptoms in the upper body because the yang is rising up. We're going to use this heavy hematite to weigh it down and anchor it back down. What's interesting here, we talked about this a little bit in the anchor, settle, and calm category. We're not only anchoring the liver yang rising, we can anchor other types of rebellious qi as well. So by virtue of its heavy nature, by virtue of its heavy settling uh, nature, it can also descend rebellious lung qi and descend rebellious stomach qi as well. So if your yang is going up, you can anchor it down. If your lung qi is going up, you can anchor it down. If your stomach qi is going up, you can anchor it down with digesture. So we have rebellious stomach chi like belching, vomiting, and hiccup, or we have rebellious lung chi like wheezing. So diatrosha, it's, it's um, a heavy mineral that anchors things downward, not only your liver yang rising, but also your lung chi and your stomach chi. And it also has an action of cooling blood and stopping bleeding for not vomiting blood and nosebleed, flooding and spotting, so uterine bleeding where we have heavy menstruation during the period, that's the flooding, uh, very heavy flow, and then spotting between periods as well. So this one, you can think that it's another mineral that's red in color. Like I think we said this with uh, other minerals that it's red in color, so it's soft bleeding. Or you can think of Daidashur is hematite. Hematite comes from the Greek word for blood because it looks like blood. Or you can think that your blood has hemoglobin in it. So there's heme iron is like hematite. So you can think that has something to do with the blood and stopping bleeding. This one, we do need to use caution during pregnancy. And um, it does sometimes just some of our anchoring things. We can think about that downward nature might, you don't want to anchor. You don't want that downward action when you're pregnant. You want more of an upward action to keep the baby in rather than to anchor it, anchor it out. But we also say this naturally contains small amounts of arsenic. So this one, we want to be careful about the dosage and how long we use it as well. So I think there's some notes in Bensky that we can actually um, prepare. We can calcine it. We can use Dwan Dydrisher and that calcining process um, makes it not so strong in these actions, but it does reduce that some of that naturally occurring arsenic. So 
I believe it's a small amount, so I think it's it's okay to use for short periods, but we don't want to use it for long periods. And I think there's also some possibility that can cause some bleeding conditions, like bleeding in the gums or um, thrombopenic, uh, thrombocytopenic. It can cause some problems, so uh, there's a specific thing. Don't use it more than 20 days at a time. But, I mean, I think that's common with uh, these substances is when we're trying to anchor things downward or strongly sedate things, we, we're not going to be using this as part of a long-term strategy anyway, that we're just using these heavy medicinals to anchor things down and extinguish wind, but that's a short-term strategy. If we have long-term conditions, we're going to use other things that treat the root. We're gonna, might, we might switch over to things that tonify yin, tonify blood, or other things like that. We're not going to use anchoring um, as a long-term strategy. I mean, it's kind of like the uh, same thing. Uh, if you had like a lot of dampness and phlegm, you can use aromatic herbs that transform dampness, but that's not a long-term strategy. You wouldn't want to spend a year and a half aromatically transforming dampness. At that point, you should be like, maybe I should tonify the spleen, or maybe I should stop eating so much ice cream. So, um, we probably shouldn't be using this as a long-term strategy anyway, but it does have some side effects if we use it long-term. So the dosage is larger than average because it's a heavy mineral, but uh, we have this caution of don't use it for more than 20 days. Uh, Digesture, die refers to, uh, I think it refers to a province so, or a county, uh, an area of China. Zhi means, is another word for red, and sure means stone. So digesture is... Red stone from Dai County. And again, uh, dosage is larger than average because it's heavier. We would want to crush it into smaller pieces and then pre-decoct it or cook it before adding the other herbs. So that is our category, substances that extinguish wind and stop tremor. So at this point, I sometimes like to go over some formulas where these herbs come up as ingredients. This is not meant, meant to be a formula class, so we're not going to go into great detail about these formulas, but I think sometimes it's good to see how these are used in the context of formulas so we can see some of the signs and symptoms, we can see the things that pop out, uh, what are the important things we should remember about these substances, and it also gives us a chance to review some of the other herbs we've already learned. So let's talk about some formulas that include substances that extinguish wind and stop tremors. So first we have Ling Jiao Go Tong Tong, antelope horn and Uncaria decoction. Ling Jiao Go Tong Tong. So this, the main ingredients are Ling Jiao and Go Tong. And remember what we said about Ling Jiao, it's good for that extreme heat causing wind. So we say this is for excess heat in the liver, stirring internal wind. So we see persistent high fever, irritability, restlessness, dizziness, vertigo, because that uh, yang is rising up. Twitching and spasm of the extremities because of that wind. Possible impaired consciousness or loss of consciousness, like a wind stroke. We look at the tongue, it's deep red, dry, or burnt, or also has prickles or thorns. So these are signs of extreme heat. This isn't just a little bit of heat, this is a lot of heat causing a deep red, dry tongue with thorns. Pulse is rapid and wiry, rapid because of the heat, wiry because of the liver. So again, uh, our main one here is Ling Yang Jiao. So I think about Ling Yang Jiao are these cases of extreme heat, uh, excess heat in the liver. So this isn't for uh, yin deficiency or blood deficiency stirring up some internal wind. This is for these cases of extreme heat stirring up liver wind. Then notice we also have some other things in here. Sangye and Juhua are from the Kulak and release, release the exterior category. So we're also venting the heat outward. 
We're using Bai Shao and Sheng Di Huang to also tonify Yin, tonify blood, and clear more heat. Kind of interesting over here, I have Tuan Bei Mu and Ju Ru. Remember, these are from the phlegm heat category. So the idea is we have all this excess liver heat. It's starting to cook down the fluids and turn it into phlegm as well. So even though we don't say, uh, don't mention phlegm in this uh, presentation, the idea is there's so much heat that's cooking down the fluids into phlegm. But kind of the point here is we have this formula, Ling Jiao Go Tong Tong. I would think of Ling, Ling Yang Jiao as being extreme heat engendering wind. Uh, after that, another one, Jen Gan Chi Feng Tong. I'm not sure this is a very commonly used one, but sedate the liver and extinguish wind decoction. Um, so Gan means liver. It's, when you're studying formulas, it's good to know the names of the organs. But for wind stroke, primarily due to liver yang rising, dizziness, vertigo, distension, uh, Extension of the eyes, like your eyes are bulging out because you're so stressed and you got that liver yang rising. Tinnitus, fever, sensation, blah, blah, blah. Um, progressive motor dysfunction or facial uh, asymmetry, dizziness and vertigo, sudden loss of consciousness, confusion with moments of clarity. So we're, we're talking about wind stroke in these conditions. And so here we're using, um, this is primary for this liver yang rising. So we're using heavy herbs to anchor things down. So digesture is one that anchors things down. But then notice we also have these other shells and minerals that we used to learn as well, like longu, muli, and guiban as well as for anchoring. Huan yoshi, we learned that in the invigorate blood category. Um, it's usually used for like blood stasis and strengthening your knees, but it has a strong downward action as well. So we're using that. But kind of the point here is this is for liver yang rising, and so we can use these heavy shells and minerals to anchor things down. That's what we're doing with Jengan Shi Feng Tong. Probably our most commonly used formula in this category is Tian Ma Go Tong Yin, Gastrodia and Ankaria decoction. Tian Ma Go Tong Yin, so the main herbs are Tian Ma and Go Tong. So we say this is for hyperactive liver yang, stirring internal wind. So again, we have this liver yang rising and it's stirring up internal wind. Um, this one is actually a modern formula. It was developed in like 1958 and it was specifically for the condition of headaches and dizziness due to high blood pressure. So this was for treating high blood pressure and the symptoms of high blood pressure. And kind of the idea here is that this could eventually lead to wind stroke or it might be occurring in post wind stroke uh, patients as well. So that's why I said that Go Tong and Tian Ma anchoring liver yang rising, but specifically for some of those symptoms that occur with hypertension. And so these ones have some, basically we're combining our modern research about herbs or substances that can treat high blood pressure. We're combining that with our uh, uh, theories and TCM uh, to treat it from both directions. So Tian Ma, Go Tong, Shi Jui Ming are anchoring liver yang rising, but also doing something for blood pressure. And then we have some other herbs in there. Some of them are good for clearing heat, like Huang Qin, uh, Emu Cao benefiting mother. Uh, and then we're also tonifying yin and tonifying blood a little bit with Song Ji Sheng and Ye Jiao Tong. Du Zhong is another one that it's always, to me, it's kind of weird when these come up because Du Zhong is actually in the tonify yang category. If you have hyperactive liver yang, why would you use a yang tonic? But Dujong also has an action of lowering high blood pressure, and it also has some action of uh, tonifying yin as well. So that's why you have Dujong in there. 
And then another one, maybe not so common to use, Ejiao Jitsu Huang Tong, Ass High Gelatin and Egg Yolk Decoction. Ejiao Jitsu Huang Tong, this is for blood and yin deficiency, stirring internal wind. So Ejiao we learned in the tonify blood category, so it tonifies blood. Uh, egg Yolk, it's the yellow part of an egg, it's very good for tonifying yin. It's kind of like uh, Jitsu Huang, Ji means chicken, Zi means seed, Huang means yellow, so it's chicken seed yellow is Egg Yolk. But you can think eggs are very yin. They're very good for tonifying yin. Ujiao, good for tonifying yin and blood. So here we're using those uh, blood tonics like ujiao, egg yolk, shengdi huang, and bai shao to tonify blood. But then we're combining with herbs like uh, go tong, shi jui ming, and mu li to anchor things downward and calm that wind. So this is... Um, Actually, not sure if this is in the Shang Han Lun or if it's just in the commentary for the Shang Han Lun, but sometimes this this happens with a. We can talk about this with a Jue Yin syndromes uh, when there's deficiency heat. Uh, with this, I believe is where this comes up. Jiao Ji Song, but wind due to blood. And then the final one we can talk about here is Shuan Fu Daijitong Inula and Hematite decoction. Shuan Fu Daijitong. This one I just like to mention because it comes up on the NCCM list. And this is an example of using digesture to treat that rebellious stomach G. So we say unremitting, belching, hiccup, regurgitation, nausea, and vomiting. So if you remember um, Xuan Fu Hua, Inula flower, we learned in the uh, transform phlegm category, but it also has an action of uh, treating rebellious stomach qi. It's kind of like Jirban uh, Cha, that it both transforms phlegm and descends rebellious stomach chi, but here we're using digesture. It's this heavy mineral that it not only anchors liver yang rising, it also anchors down rebellious lung chi and rebellious stomach chi. So that's Xuan Fu Daijitong. So those are just some formulas where we see substances that extinguish wind and stop tremor. Um, another one I wanted to talk about, I forgot to put in here, is we do have a formula for post-stroke conditions. Uh, Bu Yang Huan Wu Tong is very common to use in hemiplegia condition. Um, Tonify Yang to restore the five tenths decoction. And this one actually uses a very large dosage of Huang Qi because the idea is after you have a stroke, you lose one half or five tenths of your Yang Qi. So we have a very large, like 120 grams of Huang Qi to tonify that lost Yang Qi. But that's another example where we're there's a lot of herbs in there that invigorate blood, but we also have Di Long in there, earthworm, to treat um, to treat it. So that's a Bu Yang Huan Wu Tong is another uh, commonly used formula that comes up, and that's an example of using Di Long. And so, just as a quick review. Um, Extinguishment and stop tremor. Lingyang Jiao is antelope horn. It's really good for clearing heat. We saw this was clearing all types of heat, but so that wind caused by extreme heat, like febrile convulsions, but also clearing heat to brighten eyes and also clearing heat toxicity as well. Tianma and Gotong are often used together to uh, um, treat the wind and just general wind. Remember, Tianma is neutral in temperature, so it could be used for hot or cold, excess or deficiency. But Tianma and Gotong just very commonly used to treat these wind conditions. We saw that with Tianma Gotong in. We get into CG Li, Shi Ming. We don't necessarily, doesn't, 
according to the books, it doesn't really have a strong action of extinguishing when we're talking about uh, spasm, tremor, convulsion, but it does have some action of anchoring liver yang rising. So CG Lee, it anchors liver yang rising, but also moves liver chi and relieves liver constraint. Um, Shijue Ming, it also, um, it's very famous for brightening the eyes. So anchoring liver yang rising, but also clearing liver heat to brighten eyes. It's so good at brightening eyes, we named other herbs after it. So Shijue Ming, unhampered clarity stone. Uh, then after that are uh, a lot of insects type things. So D-Long is earthworm. You can think about earthworms going through your channels to uh, seek out the wind and unblock the channels to treat bee syndrome. And also has this weird thing about treating wheezing in the lungs. Bai Jiang San is silkworm. So again, I think about silkworms going through your channels and uh, extinguishing the wind and unblocking the channels. But Bai Jiang San, I think specifically about phlegm, that it can chomp up the phlegm to treat wind phlegm and things like that. Um, also for uh, nodules and also for certain dermatological conditions as well. Chuanxie and Wugan are, are scorpion and centipede. These are toxic. If you get stung by a scorpion, it's toxic. If you get bit by a centipede, it's toxic. We use herbs that clear heat toxicity to treat those things. So they're toxic uh, insects, but they have a very strong action of extinguishing wind. They seek out or track down wind. We'd use them more as a last resort. Um, they also strongly unblock the channels to treat those stubborn uh, wind conditions. Digesture is hematite, so again, it's a mineral. It very heavily weighs down on things to anchor liver yang rising, but it also anchors down rebellious lung chi and rebellious stomach chi as well. So that is our category, substances that extinguish wind and stop tremor. And like I said, we're getting towards the end here. We only have a couple short categories left. So if you're in herbs three and you have your finals or year ends or boards coming up and you wanna review all of the herbs, be sure to check out the single herb review course uh, that's on Teachable. It's $49. You buy it once and you own it forever. So this isn't a subscription thing where you only have it for a limited amount of time or you have to renew on a monthly fee. You pay once and you own it forever. So the idea is you can use this to study for your finals. You can use it again to study for your year ends or your clinic entrance exams. And then you can use it again to study for your board. So the idea is you buy it once and you can use it multiple times. So if you're in that situation where you want to review the herb, but instead of going through them in great detail like we've been doing here, you just want a quick overview of the main functions of all the herbs, check out the single herb review course. And But that's it for this time. We just have one more. It's actually two categories, but we're just going to cover them in one video. It's um, herbs that expel parasites, which only has three things, and then substances for topical application, which only have three things. So they're short categories. So we'll just do that for next time. And that will be our final lecture on single herbs will finally be done. So thanks for being with me on this one. See you in the next one.